How many of you have heard of the right to repair movement? I learned about it last night around 2 in the morning. I learned about it about 2.30 this yeah. afternoon. Th- yeah, this at 12 hours later. 12 hours after you did. <laughs> and we decided to do a little bit of digging because we didn't necessarily agree with it in its full capacity. I mean, there were parts of it that we agreed with. Parts that we definitely like. But considering that we never heard anything about it, we don't think that you've heard anything about it too. And it's it's kind of interesting. It's very interesting. But so a we've got a useless in my opinion. Yeah, like that's yeah. Jennifer not too harsh is, of a word, yeah. but Jennifer is very opinionated on this. I'm trying to stay in the middle because I don't want to. I'm not because I'm go I'm going through some stuff and yeah. so we know I'm a little some bit car biased. Trouble. Some car trouble. Yeah. So I'm a little biased on this just because of the comparisons you can draw between them. So, but I just we'll, always like to look for the silver lining. Like, there's some good things that can come out of every, anything. There, yeah, and there are some good things that can come out of this. I, I agree with that. But we don't really think that it's going to do that. Exactly. It almost seems like a wasted opportunity. Like, the idea is there, but we're not going to be able to follow through with it. Yeah. So, okay. So, we have a few articles. The first one is from The Hill. This was actually written, like, 45 minutes ago. So, it, it's starting to pick up some steam. It actually says that in one of these articles. It's picking up steam, the right to repair movement. Um, So, it doesn't take a genius to fix a smartphone. It's time for the right to repair from the hill. Small businesses are the lifeblood of our national economy. Yet for too long, large corporations have hindered the progress of small business owners and everyday Americans by preventing them from the right to repair their own equipment. Which we've been a little bit confused on that because no we haven't well we're confused on what it means is anyone being denied the right to repair yeah yeah that's what i mean but no we, we really haven't been denied any any access in in our opinions it, yeah in our opinions and in our life experiences and you'll so. kind of notice in all of these articles they don't really mention the hindrance well they kind of mentioned the hindrance of like rural areas yeah. didn't they or did we Um, I think our main problem was on the phrase right to repair. It's confusing because it doesn't have anything to do with what they're proposing. Exactly. It's more so they like to throw the word right around, like healthcare is a human right or the environment is a human right or I I don't know. But the right to be able, we decided that what they should say Mm -hmm. is right to repair well. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yes, right this well. could access make more access to doing repair jobs better. Mm-hmm. But are we taking anything away by not having this? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it to us. But we'll continue with the article. Yet for too long, large corporations have hindered the progress of small business owners and everyday Americans by preventing them from the right to repair their own equipment. Now is the time to level the playing field and enact federal legislation that will put power back into the hands of the consumers, which is why I'm so proud to have introduced the Fair Repair Act. And this was written by uh, Representative Joseph Morell from New York, a Democrat from New York the one who introduced the bill now we looked for the bill online but the text wasn't available yet so maybe we can do like a follow-up video where we read through the actual bill and what they're proposing because usually what they're telling their constituents doesn't always end up in the bill Mm -hmm. and this is the first draft of the bill so even if it makes it past anything else it's gonna look so different yeah that yeah yeah Yeah. and and we've established i like to talk about this topic so we can definitely do a follow-up he's just gaining support now and then no one will recheck to make sure he did what anyway we will yeah we will we will we're putting our your our our faith in you joseph morell yeah um so um my bill hr 4006 will guarantee consumers and small businesses that right by requiring manufacturers to make diagnostic repair information parts and tools readily available rather than forcing individuals to go to an original equipment manufacturer so that is one of the main arguments is that the right to repair activists want diagnostic repair information parts and tools readily available rather than having to go to an outlet like an actual official apple outlet store for example 
From cell phones to laptops to farm equipment, this common sense legislation, of course, every legislation that's ever passed is going to be called common sense, will make technology repairs more accessible and affordable across the board. I'm especially proud that President Biden and his administration recently came out in support of protecting the right to repair. So Joe Biden did sign an executive order, I think yesterday or pretty recently supporting this. Um, easy yeah hurting anyone yeah I, I don't think we really have any comments on the executive order like you know fine fine. fine go ahead and Yay. go ahead and sign it whatever it doesn't really impact anyone then we don't generally think it'll make a difference yeah we probably won't help probably won't so good job joe biden Yay. you know doesn't doesn't really matter that much but uh the covid 19 pandemic has shown us that access to the internet is a necessity yet too many americans are left with nowhere to turn when their smart devices break leaving them with the difficult decision between sending it to a manufacturer for a costly time-consuming repair or replacing the item altogether. this disproportionately impacts underserved communities which are more likely to be smartphone dependent without broadband at home, exacerbating the digital divide and the inequities that continue to exist in our society. I thought they mentioned it a little bit on this one, what, what those disparities are. Yeah, I mean, at first I said they usually try to shoehorn that into just about every argument ever. Yeah. Then we kind of considered that, yeah, maybe some uh, low-income neighborhoods might not have the best access to for example an apple store which or more is more rural areas as well yeah more rural yeah yeah because i lived in rural wyoming and we did not have anything like we didn't even have a mall nearby yeah so exactly. i would always take my my phone to just computers and that's a shout out to sheridan wyoming just computers and they did a good job but yeah we didn't have an official apple store so but at the same time, because we, I, I keep going back to, I've had to have a lot of phones replaced. Right. Because I'm very rough on them. Mm. And whenever I go through the warranty or the phone insurance or whatever I have available, I'm not without a phone. Now, I mean, if your phone is completely, like, not working, mm -hmm. which mine never has been. It's just been, like, a cracked screen or it's running slow or something. My speaker's messed up. I'm not without access to a phone because they're going to ship me a new phone mm -hmm. or I'm going to go to a local store and pick up the phone and then they're going to give me a prepaid envelope to send the old one back. So I'm never without mm -hmm. access to my cell phone unless, of course, it's completely dead. Mm -hmm. But you're still going to be without that phone even if you're taking it to a local repair shop if it's completely dead. Right. So that's not taking away any access that would not normally be there. It's not, but I, I think the idea is at least the rights, the the right to repair would make it easier to have a repair shop close by rather than having to take it to an Apple store. I guess so. So that would be a convenience factor. Or you're waiting for them to ship out the new phone, and right. but usually that's like overnight. Even when I was in rural Alabama, it was overnight shipping. I had the phone the next day. You seem to have more experience with this. Usually, when I break a phone, I just buy one online instantly. Because I'm not going to take it to a repair shop. I'm not going to. My goodness. I am not going to take it to the Apple store. <laughs> I hate the Apple store. Yeah. so Because it is. I will agree. The Apple store is nowhere close by. It is so inconvenient to and go to. And don't you have to have like an appointment? Oh, my God. Don't and... get me started about the appointments. I hate making appointments. And see, I always have the insurance because I know yep. that I'm hard on my phones. I know mm -hmm. I'm using them to death. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm dropping them. I'm taking them to Disney. Right. I'm throwing them in lakes dropping them in toilets i do everything to my phone yeah. and so i have insurance i know that i'm gonna call they're gonna do a claim i'm gonna pay the 50 100 bucks whatever it is now and they're gonna ship me a refurbished phone i'm gonna ship them that one back and they're gonna refurbish it for someone else who breaks their phone mm -hmm. it's it's a good system in my opinion because i've used it a lot and it's yeah. always worked out for me so let's keep going here. Let's see. So, so, but this issue, so we, we've got a lot. You can tell we've got a lot to say. We have on the a right lot to, repair to say. Uh, but this issue goes beyond just the convenience. So, so what they're about to talk about is farmers. So, which we have less experience. Yeah, I, on. I, I spent a weekend on a farm, but that doesn't count. I spent 
21 years on a farm. 20, oh, that's right. We weren't really a farm, though. We weren't actually, like, doing So anything. this one might ring home a little bit more than you think. Not so. really, no. <laughs> so um, for American farmers, it is essential that their uh, it is essential for their livelihoods to be able to make these repairs. If their tractor breaks down during harvest, they could miss their entire crop yield while waiting for the equipment to be shipped out. Now, you mentioned that if you're trying to make your own repairs on a tractor, you're going to have to order that part yourself anyway. Even if you're ordering the part yourself, you're still going to have to wait for it to ship out. Right. So and come back. So it's kind of the same on my the phone issue. You're still without mm -hmm. access to that. Although I'm sitting here thinking about like John Deere tractors, mm -hmm. which everyone in my community know, knew how to fix. Right. In Alabama, you could literally take it to any one mm -hmm. of your neighbors and they would know how to fix it. But I guess more like sophisticated farming equipment you like might a combine not. or something like yeah that would you be might not know trickier. how to so you're still losing more time by having to ship that like transport that back to mm -hmm. the manufacturer and then get it repaired and then it's coming back so i guess i kind of see where they're coming from on that but we were just confused because these farmers can still they're not denied the right to repair their own equipment they can certainly do it if they have the tools and the resources available like, I, I don't have any experience on farms, but when I think back, I, I think back to my first car, I remember my mom's friend said that her first car that she bought, she would, it would, when it would break, they would hold it together with, like, duct tape. Yeah. So, you don't need these, usually, you don't need these big fancy tools to get the job done. That would be adequate. That's what you would want. And, but and our other point was, I was talking about, like, you, it, you're kind of handy. So would mm -hmm. you take the time to fix your own phone or your own AirPods if it came to it? And you said no, no because not. they're not breaking enough to make it worth it to right. make the investment right. on the tools and everything. Right. So I was mentioning that I've recently gotten into woodworking over the last year and I've built maybe 10 pieces of furniture. Now, that's quite an investment in buying a table saw and buying other saws, sc drills, screws, whatever just equipment that you would use over and over again. But if I were just to make one piece of furniture, there would be no reason to invest in all of those tools. So, again, I mean, how often are these pieces, these equipment, mm -hmm. this equipment breaking for these farmers? Do they break once a season? So it would make more financial sense to invest in the knowledge and the tools and stuff necessary and then just order the part. And yes, that I think you would have to weigh the pros and cons of both i almost feel like they're throwing all of these different situations at us but in reality the right to repair is mainly to benefit third-party repair shops because even if we have the quote-unquote right to repair where we have access to the tools the diagnostic materials and the parts we're not doing it ourselves. we're not doing it and it's a very small subset of people who would actually make those repairs. So it really does seem like something. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so that's anyway, in our other Anyway, article. yeah. Um, so the right to repair is also good for the environment. Which I had a lot to say on this one too, but continue. Yes, yes, because everything we do is, is good for the environment when it comes to policy changes. As the climate crisis continues to worsen, we need to look for new opportunities to reduce waste and extend the life cycle of goods. Products that become obsolete in a matter of years because consumers throw them away instead of fixing them are antithetical to the sustainable economy we're trying to build. Jennifer, what was your comment on this? Back to me dropping my phone in the toilet. Okay, I have no. never done that. Actually, I, it wasn't. I have never done that. I hear so many people talk about dropping their phones. And how does that happen? You well, can tell me after. You can tell me after. Anyway, so maybe not that one. Okay, so when I dropped my phone at Disney and the screen okay. cracked. And sure. I, it was the one time of my life that I didn't have the glass screen protector on it. Mm -hmm. I dropped it. I broke the screen. That's all it, that was wrong with it. Mm -hmm. I sent it in. I got a new one that doesn't have the screen cracked. I sent that in. They're going to replace that screen. Next person that calls in, they're going to send them that one because mm -hmm. it was literally the only thing wrong with it. How is that not good for the environment? That's not me throwing the whole phone away because the screen got cracked. It's already a recycling program. It's a recycling program right. in and up. They're taking itself. your own They're own refurbishing product. it. They're, yeah, refurbishing and it and sending it. And sending it out mm -hmm. for someone else to use. 
So again, to me, that's just not necessary. They're already doing that. Yeah, what they're arguing is already being done. It's already being done. And the same probably with the Apple Store. They go in, somebody takes them their, their AirPods, mm-hmm. they say they're broken. They give them a new pair, or not a new pair, but a pair that somebody else brought in and they fixed. Mm-hmm. Same deal. You get almost like new AirPods. They fix those. It's an exchange and recycle. Mm-hmm. We're already doing it. Well, you have to use the environmental crux in your argument. And the so hell is we've mentioned COVID. <laughs> yeah, we've mentioned we've COVID. We've mentioned the environment. Economic disparities. Economic disparities. Farmers, of course. Farmers, yes. Farmers. Because you can't go one article without mentioning how it impacts <laughs> farmers. Um, we've got four of the major mm-hmm. clickbaits. Yeah, that's, that's true. We're doing good. Go hell. Um, so to finish up, I think this is the last paragraph. Yeah. So in a recent report to Congress calling nixing the fix, the Federal Trade Commission stated that there was simply no good reason for manufacturers to restrict the right to repair from consumers. Although manufacturers have offered numerous explanations for the repair restrictions, the majority are not supported by the record. But we're still not sure what the repair restrictions are, although they do bring up the problem with warranties. So one of the arguments is that because someone tries to fix their own phone, it voids the warranty. But our our argument is take the phone in first, use the warranty, and then when you no longer have the warranty, you are completely free to repair it as much as you want. If you have a warranty and you need the phone fixed, why would you not just use the warranty? Right. Now, the warranty might not cover everything. And if it's something that it doesn't cover, by all me- and you're okay with possibly voiding the rest of the warranty, then by all means, take it to a third party. Right. But if it's something that the warranty covers, just let the warranty cover it. Now, hmm, this is interesting because if you're not in a vicinity with an Apple store where you can use the warranty, maybe the I can see that argument because now you're not allowed to use the warranty. But you can still mail it in, though. You can probably you can still, still mail, mail it in. And again, Again, if you're not able to reap the benefits of the warranty anyway, then why mm-hmm. are you worried about voiding the warranty? Now, one of these articles that we are about to read, it does mention that third-party repair shops can uh, go through specific training with Apple to become su- certified repair shops with Apple products. And I would argue, now we don't know this, but I would argue that those repair shops would then be able to utilize that warranty so it doesn't go to waste if they are a certified Apple repair shop. I would hope so, yeah. That would be something that... If not, I could get behind that. Yeah, yeah. If that's not something that's already a thing, mm-hmm. then definitely make that mm-hmm. a thing. Because if you tra- if Apple's giving them the training and they're giving them mm-hmm. the tools, right. they should be allowed to accept that mm-hmm. warranty. And But let's point out the purpose of a warranty because it always seems to be forgotten in all of these articles that if you break your phone and then go in and try to fix it and then take it in to use the warranty the reason they can't respect that warranty is because they don't know did you break it was it actually broken was it something not the that fault was just, of the user yeah or did you break it when you went in to try to repair it exactly because nine times out of ten if you try to fix it and then you're still taking it in you probably broke it and i try to do that all the time i break everything and i'm like um yeah this broke by accident it's um can i get it for free <laughs> but the also bad thing is it usually works yeah they shouldn't be doing they that. shouldn't yeah. do that yeah like um, it shouldn't work do but. better apple do better in denying Oh, so so we're taking the side of Apple, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> um, let me see if there's anything left in this article. No, there's there's nothing. So I mean, it, it has the little piece from, I guess, the person who put the article together. I couldn't agree more. That's why it's time to enact the Fair Repair Act as we work our way towards economic recovery of COVID-19, because you have to throw that back in there. Yeah, yeah. We need to give consumers and small businesses a boost, not tie their hands. We'll go into that a little bit more, I think, with the next article. Right because mm-hmm. it does boost small businesses it just doesn't boost the third party repair shops that they're but like we also find in the other article their yeah. place is already doing it's this. benefiting some repair shops but it's not benefiting others because there is a competitive advantage you'll, you'll find out you'll yeah. find out yeah. so this next next article is from cnbc 
uh, and it's titled Apple AirPod Batteries Are Almost Impossible to Replace, of course, because they're so, so small. They're tiny! Showing the need for right-to-repair reform, and Jennifer is going to read this one. Okay. Um, they have some key points up here, which pretty much covers everything. Owners have noticed Apple AirPods eventually will last only an hour or so before needing to be recharged compared to four or five-hour battery life out of the box. It's almost impossible to replace the battery at home because they're so tiny, packed with different components, and hard to take apart. A new startup called PodSwap is aiming to make it easier to repair AirPods and keep them out of landfills, but its challenges show the need for right-to-repair laws. So that's a small business that is thriving because... And already doing what right. we want so they've I, they've do. done exactly what a small business startup is supposed to do. They've identified a problem and they've capitalized on fixing that problem. And they're thriving, but the third-party repair shops that have a difficulty procuring these parts aren't going to do so hot as, what is it, the iFixit. And, and that's just a problem of the competitive marketplace that the other shops are going to have to overcome. Anyway. Okay. When AirPods were first released in 2016, they were a marvel of miniaturization. That was a really hard to say word. Okay. To ditch cords and go wireless, Apple packed several chips, microphones, and speakers into each headphone, which weigh about four grams. Without a cord, the earbud gets its power from a tiny cylindrical battery that has about 1% of the capacity of an iPhone's battery. But lithium-ion batteries, like those used by the AirPods, wear out more the more they are used. Some owners have noticed that after a few years, used AirPods eventually will last only an hour or so before needing to be recharged, a big decay from the four to five hour battery life they have when new. Because each AirPod is so small and so tightly packed into its housing, it's almost impossible to swap out the old battery for a new one. Most people give up and just buy a new pair. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. <laughs> the limited lifespan of AirPods is exactly the kind of problem that the right to repair movement wants to fix. Repair shops and lobbyists that support repair reform want lawmakers to implement a variety of rules, including increased access to manuals and official parts and consumer protections around warranties. No, I, I agree with, with that part. So yeah, the e easy, to an extent. The, yeah, to an extent. So the access to manuals um, is every... I throw out all of my manuals. I think most people throw out their manuals. Now, to someone who knows that they're going to fix it, they'll keep the manual. I think yeah. that's fine. I, I keep the manual fine. because it usually has your warranty in the back. Oh, does it? Yeah. See, I never use the warranties. I usually just buy See, a new I one. See, I use my warranties, so I'm like, okay, yep, yep, there it is, right in the back. So I'm going to keep the whole thing so I have the, part, the product number, SKU, whatever. Yeah, you were saying you buy the warranty, and you and you get you buy the insurance, too. Yeah, I buy the insurance. I buy the extended warranty. Yeah. I mean, because Square Trade, which is an extended warranty company, mm -hmm. They're so easy to use, and they cover pretty much everything. See, I can never remember what I have the insurance for. And in the moment, manual. Yeah, but in the heat of the moment when I've broken something, I'm so frustrated that I'm just like, I just buy it, and I don't even think, do I have the insurance for this thing? Yeah. So, anyway. I mean, sometimes we get there, and we're like, oh, no, it was a two-year warranty, and, of course, we, two years, three days after we bought it, that's when it decided to break. That does happen. Yeah, yeah. But that's just luck. Anyway. But the official parts thing, like, that could be an area for another small business owner to create a website that connects the consumer with the actual manufacturer who produces that part. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about Rock Auto is an automotive company online service that connects the consumer with that auto repair part that they, they saw need. a problem and they, they fixed it, fixed they, it yeah. made a solution yeah. and that benefits other people right and benefits them and if you what they're proposing with this is to have apple I, i'm guessing we're guessing is we're that guessing, they want yeah. apple to i guess put a page on the website that lists all of the parts so if you need a specific part you can go and order it off of the apple website but our point is they're gonna mark those up so high right because they want to make a profit. They yeah. still want to make a profit. And they should make a profit. It's mm -hmm. the point of being a business. Like, if you think that the right to repair is going to take their business away from their repair shops, oh, then they're just oh. going to increase the prices of those parts. Which is why you would still need a third-party seller to connect the consumer with those parts from the manufacturer. Because that would at least drive the, parts, the price of those parts down. Yes, that's very true. 
So this is the part that I have a little bit more of an issue with. One of their most important requests is for companies to design products with repair in mind instead of packing gadgets with unlabeled parts and sticking them together with glue, forcing users to use a knife to take them apart. The desire puts repair advocates at odds with hardware companies like Apple, whose business models depend on consumers upgrading to the latest model every few years. When Apple offered cheap iPhone battery repairs a few years ago, it hurt sales as consumers were able to hang on to their old phones for longer instead of upgrading. Apple also charges customers for repairs and extended warranties. We design our products for durability in order to minimize the need for repairs, Apple wrote in an environmental report earlier this year. But in the instance a repair is needed, we believe our customers should have convenient access to safe and reliable repair services to get their product back up and running as quickly as possible. My whole thing on this okay. is you want Apple to take their AirPods mm -hmm. that they spent a very long time, I'm sure, designing mm -hmm. for them to be tiny right. and easy to use, and you want them to make them not that. Yeah, I don't know how you go around making it easier to replace the batteries and at the same time redesigning them. I, it, like they're in such a tight space that any sort of manipulation might not make them work or they wouldn't be in that same configuration. They wouldn't be as tiny. And, right. and Like if you think about the first computers, they were huge. And then they've just progressively gotten smaller and, because and, you've been able to... And now they're this. Right. So now I did argue that I... I absolutely miss the time when you could take the Samsung batteries out of the phone and charge them independently. So if whoever, I can't remember the name of the guy, Joseph Morell, wants to put into that piece of legislation that Apple must be forced to bring that back, yes. I stand behind it 100%. Well, the like Nokia phones that used to never... That was the one I dropped in the toilet when I was in middle school. Oh. So... So we it was took, fine. It was fine. We took the battery out. We set it in front of a fan for like 24 hours. Did you put it in rice or was that No, we, rice? Did, we didn't put it in rice. We just put it in front of a fan. We put mm -hmm. the battery out. We put the phone. I mean, and we just, and I mean, it sat there too because mm -hmm. I didn't realize I was missing it. We walked away and then I went back and boom, there it was. Mm -hmm. It sat for a while and in 24 hours, it was fine. So if you want them to be that durable, then great. We can go back to... Those phones mm -hmm. that did literally nothing except right. make phone calls. But it was if you all want... that extra padding and plastic and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want that, then, yeah, get that. But if you want something that's small and light and compact and does everything under the sun, it's going to break mm -hmm. easy. Yeah, I was mentioning race cars. I mean, it's not the best example, but they're light and fast because they've taken out every part that is everything unnecessary. Else. And they break. They break. I mean, they're, they're built to break in a certain way, but they will fall apart because they're so light and they've taken everything out of them. I mean, that's... I'm not saying it's the point. I'm just saying it comes with the territory. Yeah. So, anyway. The right to repair movement gains steam. Policymakers have started to engage more closely with right to repair advocates in recent years. State-level bills have been introduced in a majority of states, but electronics companies have lobbied against them and none have passed. In May, the Federal Trade Commission released a 56-page report on repair restrictions, concluding that repair restrictions have steered consumers into manufacturers' repair networks or to replace products before the end of their useful lives. Uh, exactly the problem users are running into with their AirPods. Um, how is this any different from car manufacturers? If you break your car, you take it to the actual dealership mm -hmm. i take it to the actual dealership because I, I trust them a little bit more no offense to the the other garage owners yes. um yes and that's steering customers into those quote-unquote manufacturers Maybe. and they will always no matter what garage you take it to they're always going to make you replace things before the end of their useful lives i went in there a couple months ago and they said it's your it's your nine month uh repair or whatever it's the nine month package i'm like what is that it's you spend nine hundred dollars on replacing filters i'm like no thank you no do i do the filters need replacing yeah. well but they're 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 nine going months to old. they always say they're going to well and we know from the experience i've been having for the last month with my check engine light mm -hmm. i decided that i thought it was just gonna be spark plugs i really did because the dealer had told me oh you're gonna need spark plugs soon and i did that i was like well if i don't need them right now i'm not paying 200 dollars right. for them so i was like all right let bye. me know when they break yeah yeah when they're no good how will i know and they wouldn't tell me that yeah. so <laughs> when the car no longer works well yeah, anyway. anyways 
So I decide to not take a whole day off work to drive it to the dealer, and I took it to the local repair shop that will not be named. Um, and they said, yes, it's this issue. We can replace it for $1,400. And so I said, all right, fine, replace it. And then two days later, the check engine light came back on. We can replace the new issue for 600 more dollars. So there I am. Okay, fine. Three days later, check engine light comes back on. Oh, well, we can replace this new issue as well. Okay, fine. And then the check engine light is still on. So I still took it to the dealer. Mm -hmm. And the dealer's telling me, oh, it's the same issue that they said they replaced. And they almost basically said they replaced it with crappy parts. And now they're ordering brand new parts to fix the same issue. So what you're saying is you should have the right to repair your own car. I did have the right to repair my own car. It was never taken away. <laughs> it was never taken away. Oh I gosh. took it to a third party. And what happened? My check engine line is still on four mm -hmm. weeks later. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a hassle. So, like I said, I might be a little biased in this issue because of that. But the point is the Federal Trade Commission, they might have released a 56-page report. Which, which we did not read. It seems a little unnecessary. I mean, 56 pages seems a little unnecessary. But what they said it doesn't seem to be any different with how any other industry works. Yeah. Uh, in that they're steering customers into manufacturers. I was already literally steered into... The dealership because mm. i know they're gonna have the right part right they're gonna fix it correctly and if they don't you do get some money back i could get some money back or i can I, they've got the notoriety mm. i feel like to be for me brand to be recognition like, brand recognition trust. there right. you go so Rather i can be like well Dave this at the local garage this is you know what you said you were going to do and mm -hmm. this is what didn't happen so honestly i don't know who i'm not trying to rip on local garages i don't know who does a better job but it just seems like television shows have done a good job villainizing the local garage with the you know the how they're always trying to make a buck i don't think that's really true no local garages out there but no and probably for less complicated vehicles than i have mm -hmm. you you could you know buy the part and then let the local garage do it mm -hmm. or even use better third-party parts and but here's the thing my brother repairs all of his cars he buys cars on craigslist and then he fixes them up and he sells them he knows where to get these parts he goes to the junkyard sometimes to get these parts he doesn't need uh, honda to list on their website where to procure parts for honda he has taken the initiative to figure it out himself um again we're speculating that that's what they're asking for but it does kind of well they seem did mention like that they wanted or easy access to parts and yeah. tools and diagnostic Which materials. Which you would assume can only come from the manufacturer of those. The but that's the thing. When it comes to diagnostic materials, I even brought up, if my laptop is broken and I take it to the Apple store, they will just hit a few keys on the laptop and it will tell me what's wrong with the laptop. If so, the laptop turns on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If not, then you're in bigger issues. So anyway. anyway. Uh, the Biden administration on Friday ordered the FTC to write new regulations targeted at limiting manufacturers' ability to hamper independent or do-it-yourself repairs as part of a sweeping executive order. New repair rules have not yet been drafted, and I think we both had a lot to say on that part as well. Or maybe it was just me. I can't remember. Um, I really don't have anything to say until the rules come out. Like I said, it's an executive order. It's usually just directing focus towards a particular problem. Whether or not people actually apply that focus and do anything is, is I just up think any time a lot of people see, or some people see, limiting manufacturers, they don't like that. Because, again, I was even saying, like, we're going to make these people, we're going to make Apple, who spent mm -hmm. all this time coming up with these ideas, mm -hmm. putting them out, perfecting them, mm -hmm. we're going to say, oh, no, now you have to give that to us mm -hmm. for nothing. Right. Because we're mad. See, I don't have a problem with people. I don't see a problem with the customer saying, hey, Apple, this is something that would make us be happier customers if you made it easier for us to repair our own things. I don't necessarily think Apple needs should be required to do anything by law. But I think if they want to, you know, in that whole shareholders theory where you want to make sure all your shareholders are happy which includes your customers 
that they're going to follow through and make it a little easier for repairs to be done by making parts available. I don't think that's necessary. Like I said, I think you can easily make a website that connects the consumer with the manufacturer. Someone's just got to do it. It just seems like they're, it almost seems, uh, it seems like they don't want to put the effort in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we even argued that this could actually lead potentially to Apple no longer giving warranties, right? Because if you're saying that we want to make it easier for third-party repair shops to procure these resources to do repairs. They're going to be like, what do you need us for? Yeah, why do you need this warranty? Like, we've offered you this free service. We've offered to repair your screen for free or to send you a replacement uh, free if, you, if you've broken it within a year. Change your battery on your AirPods or give you new AirPods. Right. So like new AirPods. So why should we make it cheaper for you to repair it and give you a free thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would rather take the warranty than the cheaper repair because it's free. I would take yeah. the free thing over the not free thing. Well, and again, I mean, we're working from our experiences. Mm-hmm. So other people may have had different experiences with mm-hmm. warranties and things like that, which... It's fair. And warranties don't cover everything. Warranties so that's, don't cover that's everything. Fair. That's fair as well. And mm-hmm. if it's something a warranty doesn't cover, then they should absolutely say getting it fixed outside mm-hmm. does not void the remainder of your warranty. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally fair. But I don't know. Just as we'll get into in a minute, it seems like people are already doing this on their own. Yeah. So why do we need Apple to actually release it? So... Uh, tech and other companies impose restrictions on self and third-party repairs, making repairs more costly and time-consuming, such as by restricting the distribution of parts, diagnostics, and repair tools, which we talked about. The White House wrote in a fact sheet about the order on Friday, linking to a story about fixing Apple products. Apple declined to comment on the White House executive order. They don't care. The FCC like, <laughs> has not yet said what it plans to do, but repair advocates want a few key policy changes, as detailed in its May report. They want companies to be required to make official replacement parts available. So, yeah, they did say that. They want access to tools that can make repairs easier without reverse engineering the tools or parts themselves. And ultimately, they want products to be designed with longer lifespans. I mean, that sounds great, but how are you going to do that? You're not going to do that. Yeah, I know. Because, again, that's kind of their business model. It sounds like a wish rather than a... Apple is not the only company that would be affected by these policies. Much of the recent pressure is on medical device companies and tractor manufacturers. But given Apple's ubiquity, it has become a poster child for repair, especially because it promotes its environmental efforts as a corporate value. How uh, on medical devices? Like, are they arguing that I should be allowed to repair my own medical devices? I would not recommend that at all. I would not recommend that at all. Like, no. I would take it back to the company. Like, I'm guessing it's obviously an outside medical device, not like a catheter. <laughs> so, like, a, a BiPAP machine. Pacemaker. It's keeping you alive. Why would you ever try to attempt to put it back together? No. Even if it's cheaper. No. Which I can't imagine it is. So, it's stopped, and you can't breathe because your oxygen, your oxygen has stopped. You cannot breathe, and you're repairing it yourself. Yes, that makes perfect It's a waste of oxygen. Get on Google, honey, and help me do this quickly. No. Yeah. You're going to call the company that provided it to you and say, hey, it's broken. Please bring me a new one. Please. Please do that. Now don't try to repair your own medical devices, kids, please. <laughs> yes, children. <laughs> um Apple has launched a program it calls the Independent Repair Program, which gives repair shops the option to enter into certification process and contract with Apple in order to get access to authentic Apple parts, tools, and manuals. Apple has also reduced the price of its battery replacement for iPhones, and recent models have been designed to make it easier to replace a battery or cracked screen, according to iFixit. Plus, compared to other consumer electronics companies, Apple has a large existing network of stores and authorized repair shops. Still, many Apple products remain challenging to repair at home or as a business with no contact with Apple. Okay, so they've made some great steps to making it easier to repair items. But again, it falls into that argument of if you don't have an Apple location. But but they, but they just said that a third-party repair shop can enter into a contract to become certified in repairing. Now, I think I was saying that if they are certified, they should have access to the official parts rather than using, you know, not official parts. And we were saying we we could get behind an authorized third-party repair shop being able to 
address the warranties. Yeah. So yeah. if I don't have an Apple store in my area, but XYZ down the street mm-hmm. is an authorized repair shop for Apple and I take it in and it's mm-hmm. a covered under warranty, they should absolutely be able to get the reimbursement from that warranty. I think that's fantastic for the repair shops. Why would you not want that? Why would you not want to be a certified Apple repair? Why would you just want to wing it? Yeah, basically. I mean, sure. I'm sure that for an Apple repair, maybe they get a little off the top or maybe you have to pay for the certification, but it's increasing the things you can repair because you're not limited. Because if you take an Apple phone in, they say, well, I don't know how to do this. I have to get certified first. Well, if you get certified, you're allowed to make more customers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to take the warranties, then Mm -hmm. you're able to... Again, I don't know that an authorized repair shop is able to, but that was one of the things they I should be mentioned. able to. Yeah. They, I would argue that they should be able to if they're not already. See, that's where we like we disagree with what they want, but we do agree with things that aren't in there but should be in there. Exactly. Like, like this again, could we said be it's great. A missed opportunity. Yes, and we need to read the whole bill, which we don't again have access we'll do to a yet. We'll but do a we we definitely want to read the whole bill to see if these things that we want in there are in mm-hmm. there, and if not, hopefully it's not like a hundred pages. We will you know, we'll try be, our hardest. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sneak in, like, funding for the... COVID-19 vaccine. No, or for, like, some war in the Middle East. and Who knows? iPhone repairs and war in the Middle East. Okay. Um, the only AirPods battery replacement company, iFixit, a company that provides disassembly instructions and sells replacement parts for gadgets, gives AirPods models a score of 0 out of 10 for repairability. According to iFixit, repairing the earbuds involves soldering hot air guns, and slicing through glue. That is, if replacement battery parts are even available. In the end, a would-be home repairer would have to put the 4-gram computer back together again. Right, but that's one of those companies, that's a small business that capitalized on this problem. Exactly. So wh- I, if I was iFixit, I, I would w- not be arguing for this. I would have declined to be a part of this. Yeah, because if you're increasing the amount of home repairs, then iFixit is losing customers. Apple provides battery service for AirPods at the cost of $49 per earbud, which we did say is probably a little steep. Yeah, I mean, you're paying for the brand name at that point. Yeah, but functionally, Apple simply gives you a replacement pair, and the old earbuds are recycled. Oh, but wait, Jack. I heard that it was better for the environment. To to let third-party repair shops do it. Yeah. So we're already recycling the earbuds? That's... That can't be true. No, that must be wrong. It's okay. Fake news. It's fake news. <laughs> it's not a repair. It's a replacement. And it's expensive. AirPods originally cost $159. for op- So opting for battery service costs more than half of the price of a new pair. Now, I would argue that, yes, maybe they should lower that price because some people might just throw the old ones away and not opt for the more environmentally friendly swap out. So... Okay, maybe I can see how that could cause some waste, but still, it seems like a flimsy argument. Hey, that's up to Apple. Apple sold about 72.8 million AirPod units in 2020, according to a CounterPoint research estimate. So tens of millions of consumers will face the same lack of choice in the coming years. Uh, Here's a choice. Buy a cheaper earbud. I have great earbuds that I bought from Sam's. Uh They're great. Like they're AirBuds. Like they're, I mean, maybe back, maybe twenty years ago or fifteen years ago. Even five years ago, we didn't have great like mm-hmm. true wireless earbuds. Right, knockoff brands were terrible. But yeah. now knockoff brands are pretty much that's the same. Great. Maybe they're not as good as sound. Like they don't have sound canceling technology or the, you know, they break a little bit easier. But they're only twenty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I bought mine on sale. They were like twenty dollars, and they're good. They're a good brand. Like that's the same thing. You're you're paying for the brand. Like they have a lot of brand and recognition. And you know that the brand is does these things. Oh yeah, it does these things. Yeah. So stop it. Yeah. Stop buying <laughs> Apple products. Stop signaling your your wealth with your expensive earbuds. Stop and just... using earbuds that are tiny and cute and noise-canceling and then complaining that they're too tiny and mm-hmm. cute and noise-canceling and you can't repair them. I buy the knockoff brand flakes from Publix. I don't even buy the actual corn flakes because they're $1.29 for the brand flakes and it's like $4 for the Kellogg's. the same thing. I know. Yeah, they're the same thing. Same thing. 
Okay, PodSwap is a Miami company founded by Emma Streisinger. I probably butchered your name, Emma. I'm very sorry. I think I said Emily, too. Emma Streisinger and Emily Alpert, which aims to keep AirPods out of the landfill. Great. They are not associated with Apple. Great, great. Another small business owner who's doing wonderfully with this problem. And is saying that we need more people to be able to help with this problem. So what we assume, what we figured is that this is benefiting some small businesses, but not others. So the people who took the time to figure this out on their own? Mm -hmm. No offense okay. to the small, the repair shops that haven't. The, the market has just changed. And yeah. I mean, but. It's like taxi drivers, like, sorry, the, the market has changed and everyone's getting rides on their phones. You can yeah. do it too. You just have to catch up. Um, they believe they're the only company performing AirPod battery replacements, although other companies refurbish old AirPods, the founders told in CNBC. The company was formed after the founders experienced dying AirPods themselves and thought that upgrading or replacing them would be wasteful and impractical. I recently replaced a pair of AirPods that were only holding a charge for 45 minutes, too short to complete a phone call. Now we'll go into something a little personable, personal about me. I'm not making 45-minute phone calls. Maybe, I guess, for business and stuff, but... I'm not on the phone for 45 minutes. I actually am. I usually make like hour and a half phone calls when I'm calling family members. Oh. Because I cook. I, I, I have a wireless speaker or earbud slash speaker. Okay. And I, I put it on when I'm when I'm cooking and oh. I can just talk and cook. Okay. That makes sense. But they so. pick up a lot of sound and I get a lot of complaints from my family members. So. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not making 45 minute phone calls. So that's just not something i paid 59 dollars on PodSwap's shopify site and a few days later received a replacement pair of airpods with new batteries they weren't my old airpods they were another set that had their batteries replaced so essentially what apple's doing but they're doing it cheaper i want to know how long are these airpods lasting before they start to they're saying decay. like four years that's what the other article said that's like odd. that's a long time for earbuds i've probably lost one before they start wearing out i always put them through the wash i do you, you know i that. do yeah, yeah you told me about it's a that. problem thank goodness i don't buy the 159 if earbuds. you put 159 ear earbuds through the washing machine i get mad when i put my pens through the washing machine because they're good pens How and you i put like pens them? through the washing machine I you can feel in, pens you I can't feel earbuds anyway um Along with those new pods, PodSwap includes a box and a return label, which was went to one of our questions. What does that $59 include? So it's definitely cheaper than Apple. Yeah, right. We don't know if that includes tax and shipping. It might yeah, not it for might the not. sake of an argument. Because um, it includes the box and the return label, so you're also paying for the return but again, or... But then again, the price of the earbuds being 159 that probably doesn't include tax. Yeah, either. true, true. It wants your... It, it wants your old AirPods back. It then cleans and sanitizes the old pair, puts in new batteries, sends them out to the next person who wants to change the battery in their old AirPods. So basically like the insurance that I was talking about. But PodSwap faces many challenges that show why repair advocates want new rules. Alpert said the design of the AirPod makes it challenging for repair shops or companies like theirs to do a lot of battery replacements. PodSwap's process uses both robotics and manual labor. So the they said. figured that problem out just fine. Like that. And how many third-party repairs are going to, even if they have the tools and everything, are you going to make that investment? Are you going to get more mm -hmm. money back doing these repairs? Yeah, is it worth it? Is it going to be worth your investment? Mm -hmm. um, the process was developed through trial and error, and a large number of units were sacrificed and ultimately recycled. One major challenge we faced was overcoming the uniqueness of this product. Each AirPod is assembled with slight differences, which creates complexity in the disassembly. But again, you are asking Apple to take what makes these products mm -hmm. what they are mm -hmm. and change them. Mm -hmm. Now they're just any other wireless earbud. Apple should just make a an alternative earbud that is easy to disassemble. It might be uncomfortable. It might be huge and bulky, but it'd be the alternative. But it's not an AirPod, and it's easy to replace or to fix. And there you go. I'm trying to imagine the. The, the AirPod, how would you reconfigure that to move the battery? Like it, it. Because they're so tiny, but that's no the room. point. Right. Because I don't 
like them. I don't like mm-hmm. the way they look. I don't like the way they feel in your ears. I've used them before, and mm-hmm. I don't like them. I'm not an Apple girl either, but... there, uh, There's a picture here. They're obnoxiously long. My earbuds aren't that long. No, mine just, like, stick right in my ear and kind of poke out a little, but they're not down here. Wait, my guess is that the battery is up near the earpiece. It's got to be up in the earpiece. And this picture clearly shows that there is a, a divide right there. So, I, I mean, like I don't know anything about this. I haven't opened them up, so it like looks easy. Maybe the microphone portion is what's down on the lower, like the longer part, and mm-hmm. maybe that's how it gets such better sound. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. No, about I, I, I mean, I would assume that everything is glued together, and if you yeah. take the battery out, you might destroy it, but I don't know. Podswap plans to soon offer service for the AirPods Pro, a newer model that costs $249 and are surprisingly powered by a standard size coin battery. Oh, okay. But the AirPods Pro have many of the same problems as the first model. Tight tolerances, potential damage while taking them apart, a lack of replacement parts, and a design that suggests the product was always designed to last a limited time. We have found the AirPod Pro's batteries to be more difficult to replace, Alpert said. The ergonomic design and right tight, unforgiving tolerances make it exceptionally challenging to replace the batteries repeatedly with a high degree of efficiency. But again, that's what makes them what they are. It's a repair. Repair isn't going to work 100% of the time. No. Take your car and, like you said, it's not going to always fix it. Exactly. PodSwap wasn't totally seamless for me. I got sent a combination of first-generation and second-generation AirPods. They caused my iPhone to send error messages, but I sent an email to PodSwap, and a day or two later got a second replacement set, which worked. After that, I sent my first replacement set and my old AirPods back. The AirPods I received looked and worked like new. I plan on trying to get another four years out of them. But again, I don't think I've gotten four years out of half of my electronic devices. I have, and that's because I don't use anything in this See, house. Everything's for show. That TV, I haven't turned it on like a year. And that's why I get four years out of it. I don't I use it. I use my electronics all the time. Mm-hmm. My phone is constantly on, usually in use. Mm-hmm. And I get two to three years out of it, mm-hmm. which is standard, I feel like. This computer, I've had it for 12 years. Now, I broke it myself. I broke it myself last year. I was so upset. I went to clean the keyboard with a not even a damp paper towel, and the keyboard got all messed up. I don't know why. I was in such a good mood, too. I was. I woke up. I was in a cleaning fit, and I was like, last thing I should clean is the, like, the keyboard well, on this laptop. Well, the last thing you cleaned. Yeah, I know. It was the last thing I cleaned on that laptop. So, so then I had to replace it, but that was after like 12 years. Yeah, I have never gotten 12 years out of a laptop. I've gotten maybe four years out of a laptop. Mm-hmm. I think I had Are one laptop. Them? Yes, I'm cleaning. Could be why. I'm cleaning. Stop cleaning, Stop I mean, cleaning your I'm laptops cleaning them in the properly. last forever. Um, this one actually is going to be very easy to clean, I feel mm-hmm. like, because it's, it's very – the buttons are nice. Anyway. I think this brings up a good argument that I always like to make. Let's invest more money into battery development. Then you won't need to replace these batteries. It's not obviously a viable solution at this point, but come on, Tesla. Come on. Come <laughs> on with those batteries. You built that whole factory. Let's, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's get it into gear. So. Anyway. We may have talked this to death at this point. Um, uh, I think we have. Did you want to look at the repair association? I would. Okay. I would. Because we, after reading both articles and doing some other research, doesn't seem it seems like there is a defined what would you say demand Mm -hmm. but it's not really listed anywhere it just seems to be a little obscure um so from repair.org which we assume is the official right to repair website website, uh, they have an faq section which i i don't know maybe the about us page would give us a better idea so if I were to make a an activist website, I would put it like flat out, this is what we want. But anyway, you have to go to the FAQ section. So why do we need the right to repair? Sorry, small question. Where is the FAQ section? Uh, I can't find it. It is, uh, click the advocacy button ah. and then just scroll down past the map. For some reason, there's a map of the US. Find your state. 
So why do we need the right to repair? Oh, there we go. Okay. The presence of technology parts in modern equipment has enabled manufacturers to reduce access to repair by proclaiming that repair might violate their property rights. So I guess that has to do with their warranty, unless I'm reading that incorrectly. Proprietary rights. Okay. Which I guess makes it fun. We'll let you research that one while I... <laughs> Uh, this is market. Oh, this is a now marketing I'm pop ruse. Up. Join the rebellion, and not grounded in law. Manufacturers do not have any right to control property beyond the sale. Limitations on repair have become a serious problem for all modern equipment. That also limits how equipment can be traded and used on the market. The best primer to this topic is the end of ownership by renew, renowned law professor Aaron. Zanowski. So I guess the argument is that um, the argument they're making, it seems to be once it leaves the hands of Apple, once you purchase this product, you are completely within your right to repair it. And therefore, you should have 100% access to the diagnostic tools, the parts and the tools. But Apple doesn't have the responsibility to provide you with those things. I don't, so to me, it kind of just seems like, maybe this isn't a good comparison, but like, okay, so I have a music streaming service. Mm -hmm. I'm not purchasing that. Again, this may not be a fair comparison, but I'm not purchasing that music to, to own it. I am only within the limitations of what that company lets me do with that music. That's true. So it just seems similar to me, especially since most everyone are you are we paying out right for my for your those phones and this I guess we for computers and stuff you're not doing it on like a payment plan. Mm -hmm. Cuz to me it's the same thing. I am limited in what I can do with Right, you're allowed Just, to use that music, but you're not allowed to use it in videos, in certain other aspects. And if they decide at any point to take away the mm -hmm. rights to, that's what I'm agreeing with mm -hmm. when I, again, I guess it's probably different because you're purchasing it and mm -hmm. you understand that you're purchasing it. It's not a subscription service. Mm -hmm. But to me, it just seems similar. But no, I do disagree with the music thing. I think if you're using the music and it's not going into something that will make money, I think you should be allowed to use it. But if it's going into something that's making money, then you should have to pay the artist a, a cut of that anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, just because I make YouTube videos and it's impossible to find good music. It is, so, yes. And I don't make any money on YouTube. <laughs> so so you better subscribe so I can start making some money. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but, subscribe, But comment. it's not the right of Apple to provide you with these parts. Like, just because you own this resource outright does not mean you own all of the resources in their warehouse. You're essentially asking for to own their... Supply. And, and knowledge. And knowledge, right. But you don't. Which you, you bought the specifically the phone. Specifically, you bought the device. Right. So that doesn't entitle, I hate using that word, but that doesn't yeah. entitle you to the knowledge behind it. Mm -hmm. And I think it especially doesn't entitle third-party businesses to that knowledge mm -hmm. unless they go through the Apple, to continue using Apple as the, mm -hmm. as the example. If they weren't offering a program to be an authorized repair shop, then I would say, yeah, do that. Mm -hmm. But they're doing it. Yeah, I don't like that they're dictating what Apple should do. I think Apple should do it. I think it'd be great for their business model to be open source for these people. I don't think it would lose them a lot of revenue in the first place because how many people are really making so, their own repairs? And it's so much easier to just, right. well, maybe it's not so much easier because there are a lot of issues with the Apple Store, but. I don't think they should be mandated to do these things. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of people would take issue with if they sat down and thought about it mm -hmm. that we're mandating this corporation to do these things i think they would be better i think it would be better to sit down with them after their stuff is repaired and it's kind of behind them that way they're in a good mood <laughs> maybe because if my laptop is still busted and you're trying to tell me that you you know changed my mind i'll be like i'm focused on my laptop my laptop is still broken 
What would the legislation change? The bill requires original equipment manufacturers provide consumers and independent repair businesses equal access to repair documentation, diagnostic, uh, diagnostics, tools, service parts, and firmwares as their direct or authorized repair providers. I, I don't know because I don't know what barriers are there that is preventing people from getting these diagnostic tools or the tools or the service parts. It really mm -hmm. just seems like it'd be a matter of putting in the effort to get in contact with these manufacturers. Yeah. Which, like we said, there, there's automotive websites that have put in that work. There are repair businesses mm -hmm. that have put in this work. Right. Right, they already Again, exist. Again, if no one had done it, I mm -hmm. would maybe be a little bit more on the side. But and I think I made this argument earlier, or this point. Mm -hmm. My mom always gets really irritated because she watched the first like telephone company dig the trenches, bury the the telephone lines, mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. And then she also watched the government walk in and say, oh, no, no, mm -hmm. you company who did all of that work, now you have to share that mm -hmm. with all these other companies who didn't put in the mm -hmm. work. And that always has bothered her because they paid the money. They did the work. Right. And then it was like the little red hen philosophy. Now you have to share with us because, mm -hmm. again, because we're mad because we didn't put in the work. I get that the government is supposed to limit monopolies, but that seems like that is a competitive advantage for that company. And the other companies, at least, I mean, I don't have any information based on this, but the other companies, it, I wouldn't assume that they're restricted from burying their own lines as well. I would assume not. I mean, if they are, then of course, mm -hmm. make, make it right. But I don't know. It, it just seems like similar to me. Mm -hmm. Like now you've put in all this work, you've done all of all of this stuff mm -hmm. and you're reaping the benefits now we want to make sure that all these other people who didn't put in that work mm -hmm. can can have it but my question is where is the small business owner who had who is developing the diagnostic tools for these devices and they can profit off of that <laughs> i mean they have one for cars you plug it into your dash and it tells Use you what's that. wrong with the I've been using that. Neither so. one of us are engineers or technological people. No, no but, but there are people out there who are knowledgeable. And I also think about that program we were trying to use for the the setup the other day. Right, they would provide the tools. They were oh. there. Well, there were literally like YouTube videos. YouTube right, videos on right. it. There was a website with the open source codes for people to to fix it and mm -hmm. work on it. Mm -hmm. So. The, the knowledge is out there. Is out there. Mm -hmm. The people who can do it are out there, and they have the capability. It's just currently disorganized. But is it Apple's responsibility to organize it and make it easier? No, not necessarily. I don't think so. Because, I mean, who's to say if, you know, if Apple could charge an arm and a leg for the certifications or the parts? Well, yeah, and that was our other point, too. Mm -hmm. If I want to make sure it's an authorized Apple part... Mm -hmm that I'm getting, the third party person that I'm having fix it is gonna have to pay that money. Mm -hmm. They're still gonna have to make a little money on that part. So mm -hmm. that's gonna come to me. And mm -hmm. how much cheaper is that service then going to be? Right, take for example, chargers. So I've got an Apple laptop. If I wanna buy a replacement charger, which I have to do every six months. So that's why I've got three in my closet. Oh, I buy wow. them in bulk. I do, I do, because I know they're gonna break. I just threw out two of them, to be honest. It looks really, really This is like my last easily one. Broken. It's, yeah, it's this last one is falling apart, so I, I gave it two months. It looks really easy to break. But if I buy the official Apple charger on Amazon, it's I want to say it's like ninety bucks. If I buy the knockoff brand, which they warn causes fires and stuff like that, I still buy them. I've never had a fire, but anyway, I'm risking it. It's only like fifty or sixty bucks, so it's cheaper to buy the knockoff product. But if you're arguing that these um, third-party service providers should have access to the Apple parts, well, now the repairs are just going to be as expensive. As expensive or more expensive. More expensive, yeah. I mean, Probably if, more. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to have to order it through Apple, they're going to jack up the price. And we can go back to my car scenario. Mm -hmm. The first time they fixed the problem at the local repair shop, it was $1,400, mm -hmm. $1,200 maybe. Okay. Getting the same problem fixed today at the dealer, 
900. Yeah. The exact same problem with a better part. Cheaper. I don't think we have anything else on this. No, we we've probably talked. Case. Yeah, we have talked this to death, but. And what's sad is we talked about it a fair amount before we I even know, started filming it. I know, we spent maybe three hours three talking, hours about, talking this. about this. But um, who would have thought that this would be the thing that we're passionate about This is the today. hill we're going to die on, apparently. So again, we're not like against the right to repair. We're just against... We just don't think it's going to do what they want it to we do. We just have some recommendations. Yes, we have on recommendations. what it should include. Um, so repair.org, please contact us, and we will give you... We have you, some ideas. We have some ideas. So. Um, so if you stuck with us this long, <laughs> um, why? <laughs> but make sure that you like, subscribe, and ring the bell down below. Mm -hmm. uh, Comment. If you, oh, yeah. if you have had different experiences than apparently me with mm -hmm. warranties and things like that and it's been frustrating and it's something you want to see reformed mm -hmm. please let us know we'll capture it in our follow-up video hopefully mm -hmm. when that bill comes out and we admit we're not we're not experts on pretty much anything these are just our thoughts uh -huh. our feelings and our opinions and hopefully people agree with them like mm -hmm. listening to us we like to talk mm -hmm. and listen to ourselves talk so and provide respectful comments down below we'll be more inclined to read them and appreciate them yeah yeah be respectful yeah but um, well. but we want to hear your opinions mm -hmm. and that's what this is about opinions so mm -hmm. leave us yours we'll keep leaving you ours all talk right talk to you soon